This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. In this postmodern, radically individualistic world, the Christians as a whole we are under attack, but more specifically, young men are under a special kind of attack in today's world. Young men are lost in this nigh-hopeless darkness, with the internet trumpeting many anti-Christian pathways that abandon the straight and narrow. Young men are some of the most disenfranchised. They are the most disenfranchised demographic. They are peddled lies that masculinity is toxic and testosterone is a poison to their body. Or, on the other hand, that they need to be these uber-macho pseudo-traditionals who are disciples of young uh, men like Andrew Tate, whose philosophy is to chase as much lucre as you possibly can get in your lifetime. Young men need God. St. John himself said something along these lines in 1 John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. He says, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. And I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. But doing this, the will of God, requires something. It requires the prerequisite of all other virtues, courage. It takes courage to love the world as Christ loved it. It takes courage to pray for your captors as you're torn apart by lions. It takes courage to daily live Christ's commandments, unashamed and unmuzzled. The Bible is filled with examples of courage. It is filled with commands of God to his followers for them to be courageous. Tonight, excluding a Christ's ultimate example, I will be showing you three examples of biblical courage that we can draw inspiration from in this anti-Christian society. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. This is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. Uh, When I was younger, I had a problem with being afraid of basically everything. And mom wrote down this verse that I'll be reading soon, uh, Joshua 1 verse 9. And she put it up on my wall, and when I was scared, when I'd wake up afraid at night, I would read it right up next to my head, and it, it gave me a lot of comfort, and I hope it imparts to you the same comfort. In this chapter, Joshua is taking the leadership role of Moses. This is the first regime change after the Israelites have left Egypt. God is speaking to him, informing him of Moses' death, and He is told to take back the land that the Canaanites have held for approximately 400 years at this point. He's told to succeed where an entire generation fell short. There is no indication that Joshua knows when the war will end. 
He just knows that he has to reclaim the land by sword. God promises him in verse 5, There shall not be any man be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. God continues in the next four verses, commanding Joshua thus, Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto your fathers to give to them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left hand, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe, and thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? This is verse 9. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest. As Joshua prepares for this monumental feat of retaking the land that the Canaanites are holding, God commands commands Joshua three times in four verses to be courageous using the Hebrew word amates, which means to be alert physically or mentally, to be courageous, to fortify, harden, prevail, to strengthen oneself, or to make strong. After this exhortation, Joshua proceeds to live out his life according to it. He led Israel to victory after victory, Under his leadership, the Israelite army performed incredible feats of military prowess and endurance. They destroyed a ten-king coalition by marching all night and fighting all day. He even beseeched the Lord to freeze the sun in its place so that they could continue to fight, and the Lord did so. It was said that something like that had not been done before and would not be done afterwards. Joshua obeyed God and fought with the courage only God can give. He defeated the physical enemies of the Lord in doing so. In my next example, we'll be looking at Eliezer, one of David's mighty men. Turn with me to 2 Samuel 23. Starting in verse 8, 2 Samuel starts a list of David's mighty men and their greatest accomplishments. This chapter is filled with legendary acts of valor and courage but I want to focus on just one. Turn with me in verse 9 through 11. It says, After him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ehoite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle. And the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto his sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, And the people returned after him only to spoil. Eliezer stood when the men of Israel were gone away. And he fought so long that the muscles of his hand froze to his sword. He fought so hard that when reinforcements had arrived, when the people, the men of Israel had arrived, there were no more Philistines left to fight. He had killed them all. The only thing that was left for them to do was to collect the spoils. A note that we need to um, remember from this tale is that it wasn't Eleazar, it wasn't under his own power that he stood up and he fought these Philistines. God gave him this courage. 
God gave him this victory. God is the source of all true biblical courage. Like Joshua, God completed his goals through Eleazar. He, he gave him what he needed to win the battle. As Christians, we need to remember who we follow, who the Alpha and the Omega is, who is the beginning and the end and the source of all good and all biblical courage. And for my final example, we'll look at the Apostle Paul. I wanted to finish with an example that is more along the lines of what is more and more possible today in this world so filled with anti-Christian vitriol. Turn with me to Acts chapter 21, verses 27 through 36. It says, Then Paul took the men, and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification, until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is a man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and the law in this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple, and hath polluted this holy place. For they had seen him in the city with Trophimus, an Ephesian, whom they supposed Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul, and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut. And they went about to kill him. Tidings came unto the chief captain of the band, and that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw that the chief captain and the soldiers, they left off of beating Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing and some another among the multitude. And when he could not know for certainty for, what, for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried unto the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. For the multitude of people followed after crying away with him. Paul had people stir up a feverish mob. They didn't even know what they were doing. They didn't know really what crime Paul was committed. But they just came there to bring physical harm on him because this group of Jews did not like what Paul was saying. They despised his words. His enemy used this mindless mob to silence him over a perceived breaking of the law. It was a presupposition. They didn't even know if it was happening. They just didn't like what he was saying, and they used it as a means to an end. Paul suffered a lot in his ministry, but he continued to preach the gospel boldly. This was towards the end of his ministry as he was getting prepared to be sent to Rome for his eventual death. But despite all this, he stood and preached, and he preached until he was delivered unto the Romans and beheaded at the end of his life. I say that Paul's mistreatment in Acts 21 is of great relevance today because this strategy is still being used by Satan even unto this day. The fear of the mob's anger added with the fear of being an outcast is a very potent deterrent to disseminating worldviews that the mob is against. This attack has multiple manifestations like in the U.S. today, Many Christians fear a Twitter mob. They fear being canceled. They fear being verbally attacked for their views and fear of no longer being able to um, 
participate in commerce or in, in the uh, world square, as it were. But in places like the Middle East or North Africa or even China, people are killed for their religious beliefs. They're, if they share the gospel, it's basically signing their death warrant. We should thank God that each day that we are not in physical danger because of our faith. And when we ponder this social ostracization that we face, we must remember what Jesus said in Matthew 10:28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Instead, fear the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Now, tonight I gave you three examples of courage in Scripture that we could draw inspiration from these mighty men of God, mighty men of valor. I implore you, Christians, but specifically young men of this audience, we are not called to be silent. We are not called to be muzzled by fear of the world. We are called to stand with the courage of Eliezer, fighting in our spiritual battles until our swords are frozen in our hands. We are called to hearken unto Joshua 1.9, to be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest. We must stand with Paul's courage, preaching to a world that will hate us because they hated Christ before us. We cannot forget that without Christ, we are nothing. I want to leave you with two passages, the first being Romans chapter 8, verses 32, or 30 through 32. It says, Moreover, whom he predestined, those he also called, and whom he called, those he also justified, and whom he justified, those he also glorified. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And finally, as we navigate this world that tells us to be ineffective and passive and silent, we must remember 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.